I've forgotten how to like start an episode. <laughs> I think it was just us talking. I mean, that's yeah. And not really. That's really... having an actual starting bit. It's just yeah. I don't. I don't want a starting bit, honestly. Yeah. I like this better. I've only just realized you've already pressed record. I have. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 Good enough. So I like to have a little bit of chitter chatter in the beginning. Sure. I mean, the whole thing is chatter. I mean, that's... yeah. Yeah, it really is. But you know, welcome. Yes. To Restless Spirits, this is Taylor. This is Vin. And we're back. This is, you have not experienced a break, although we didn't release New Year's. No, we didn't. That week, because. Well, because you don't need a cocktail that week. It's just no. champagne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. That's the answer. There you go. Um, Something scary about New Year's. It's just, it's it's new. It's it's new and yeah. champagne and yeah, I don't know what I would have talked about ghost-wise. Does Dick Clark a ghost? Probably now. Yeah. He is dead. Yeah, he is dead. He's he's a restless spirit, maybe. May, or he might be. Or he might just be fine. He, he might yeah. just be like, you know what? I did my best. He might be well rested. I hope so. I mean, I hope that for him. I hope he's I doing do, well in the but afterlife. That also deprives us of material. So. I mean, that's true. <laughs> Why can't he, you know, suffer eternal torment, so that you can talk about it on a podcast? That just for that reason. Yeah, just for us. <laughs> um, so, but we haven't recorded since, like, right before Christmas. Yes. So it's been three weeks. Been a minute. It has. And I've forgotten how to do this. You just drink a drink. And I'm then... gonna drink a drink and talk about drinks and alcohol and ghosts and cities. There you go. What city are we doing this week? We are doing Key West, Florida. Ooh. I knew that, but I still wanted to sound surprised. There you like go. I didn't. <laughs> it would have been better if it was like icy cold outside, maybe with snow going or something. Yeah. But it is cold. It's chilly, I guess. Is it? It's cold. Okay. I felt cold. I mean mm. I'm but I'm a southern baby and I, yeah. I don't like I don't like winter. Right. I don't mind winter. So we'll do all the tropical places yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. And then come July, we'll go to, you know, Reykjavik. Ooh. It's just like I just vodka to say and it. beer, I guess, up there. Yeah. And aquavit, sure. whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Um, what do anyway. we want to start with? Do we want to talk about the drink? Do we want to talk about... Well, I can some... give you a little bit of info on Key West. Yeah, tell me, a little, tell me some things. Yeah. So, like like we did, I guess, the last episode. Mm-hmm. Sure, let's go. Yeah, we're not doing history anymore, because no, lame. It's kind of boring. Yeah, kind of lame. Kind of lame. Yep. So, Key West is the southernmost city in the contiguous United States. Oh, I like that word. Contiguous? And so many people don't say it right. And really? How, yeah. Wait, how, how else? I've heard it said contiguous, and it makes oh, me really yeah. mad. Fair. Contiguous. Because it's not even spelled that way. No, it isn't. So, thank you for saying it right. Thank you. Music to my ears. Yep. So I had to look that up because I didn't really think about the fact that Honolulu might be lower lat- yeah. latitudinally. Ooh. Oof. Big fancy That word. was a struggle. <laughs> but yes, in the contiguous U.S., southernmost city. Key West was originally under, was under Spanish control, then mm. British control, then Spanish control again, then the U.S. bought Florida, so it came back, so then it was... Then it was ours. Then yeah. it was ours. Yep. The person who owned the island was some sort of Spanish general or something. And he actually sold the island twice, like right at the same time. Oh, man. Yeah. To a British guy and then to an American, I think. 
And the American just like won out? I think he just ran with the money. Like oh. he just <laughs> That sounds about right. Yeah. He sold it twice and then just ran off. Yeah. In a brilliant move. I love that. Yeah. That's very Key West though. Like yeah. for just like that's the attitude of Key West. Like, like when I think like, of Key West, I just think of everything being a little shady. Yeah. Like, like I've, I've never be. been to Key West. I've never, I don't I've never been either. Yeah. Um to all the residents of Key West that are doubtless listening to this. No, I think that there's like a you're real You're probably shady. I think maybe. I think there's like a real like coolness about Key West. Okay. Of like you're kinda you're you're living the island life. You're living on island time. Right. You have clearly won the like lottery of where to live because like I'd love to live in Key West. Like Between August and November, maybe not. I don't care. I would I would suffer. To not have snow, ooh, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think you'd miss it if it was the same all the time. I don't think so. Maybe. Well, I, I might miss fall. Yeah, I would miss fall. I would miss fall. No. Tell me more. Tell me more. Sorry. Fairly, I didn't realize that it had, was, had like a literary connection. That it was popular with authors. I knew about Ernest Hemingway. I did not because I honestly know less about Hemingway than I should. Oh. Like I've read a few things, but a few of his books, but I've never yeah. actually looked into his life proper, really. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my cousin, Danielle, who does listen, I think. Hello, Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Puka. I call her Puka. Now you know that about me. She loves Ernest Hemingway. Okay. And like uh, has been to Key West, has been to his house Mm. um, with the six-fingered cat, with the six-toed cat. Yes. Yep. Um, They mentioned that in the article I was reading about Key West and where he lived. Yeah. And they have one of his cats stuffed that's just there. Yeah. Mm. Um, And she loves him. I have tried to read... His books. I think I tried to read A Farewell to Arms. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't get through it. It's okay. just not my type of writing. Fair. Fair. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. This was about 10 years ago. Okay. But, and so I haven't t- touched any of his stuff for a while. And I probably should get back into it. I'm going to be honest. I haven't read a book written by a man in like a very long time. That's fair. I don't, I'm sorry, I mean, dudes. No, that's... <laughs> You've written a lot of books. Yeah. And I had to read them for mm-hmm. most of my life. Sure. <laughs> I'm trying to read other. Why not? Though I did just buy a book by a man. I'm, I'm mm. reading the Witcher series thanks yes. to Netflix. Yeah. Don't look into his personal views too much. Okay. Mm. I won't. Yeah. Let's just keep yeah. it in the fantasy world. Okay. That's yep. fine by me. Yeah. That's how I live. All right. So, so Ernest Hemingway, yes. you liked A Farewell to Arms. Yes. He wrote it, apparently, uh, while living above the showroom of a Key West Ford dealership. He, like, a family member had ordered a car, and they were waiting for it to be shipped or delivered. And he just decided, I'm just going to knock out a novel. His life is so interesting oh, to me. Like, I hear stories about him, and I'm like, he can't be a real person, but he is. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's fascinating to me. Sure. I don't know. Do we have very many people like that anymore? Who just sort of it feels like they, it feels like they live for a living, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he was also like super into the expatriate movement, like right, right, right. in Paris, and like yeah, I've seen I've seen Midnight in Paris. I know a few things, right? Um, <laughs> you know, did a bit of soldiering. Did a yeah, did of, some soldiering. Mm-hmm. Did some journalism. I yeah, think too. Yes. So like, I mean, he did all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And lived in Key West for a little lived bit. Lived in Key West. His wife's uncle, Gus, bought him a house in Key Which West. Which wife? Pauline. Okay. His wife, yeah. I should have specified. My bad. But I, I believe it was Pauline. <laughs> okay. His, the, the, 
her uncle Gus bought them a house in Key West as a wedding present. That's very nice. It is. It's it kind is. of wedding present I'd like to get. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll have that. <laughs> but he worked, wrote on, wrote on, good grief. What did worked he write on? on? Or he wrote on paper? Paper? Like a... Did he write? Did he typewriter? Do you think write? he had a typewriter? No. No, he would think that was too... Oh, he might like the sound. Yeah, but he's not going to carry that through France. <sighs> That's true. Yeah. Fair enough. Sim sitting at the end of a bar in Havana with a typewriter. <laughs> Doesn't seem terribly romantic, no. does it? <laughs> anyway. Worked on or wrote For Whom the Bell Tolls, The Snows of Kilimanjaro, and Death in the Afternoon in that house. And it is a museum now. Yeah. Or at least it's been restored and kind of kept as a mm-hmm. historic site. I have a little bit in my in one of my stories about it. I thought you might, so I didn't mm-hmm. want to touch on it too much. And then the one that I didn't know about was Tennessee Williams. I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. Said to have written the first draft of A Streetcar Named Desire there. I love A Streetcar Named Desire. I've only seen the movie. I've read the play. And then my high school put on A Streetcar Named Desire, which it's not really high school fair, but no, sure, go why for not? it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of like sexual violence, but sure, sure. Cool. it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, I mean, but I guess you're going to expose high schoolers, you're getting to that age where you should be exposed not to sexual violence. No. <laughs> but to like great <coughs> literary. I mean, I yeah. read it in high school. Yeah. I read it for a high school yeah. class. So You might as well. Yeah. Mm. Key West, and I didn't know this, is actually closer to Havana than it is to Miami. Oh. I thought it was close to Miami because Miami being so South Florida. Yeah. But no. It's like 109 miles from Havana and 160 miles to Miami. Oh, wow. Yes. I mean. Key West had a mayor that jet skied to Havana. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> why not? Yeah. I mean, at that it's point. It's literally just, just a foot, like a footnote in a, little, in a little piece. Like, there wasn't enough to do that day. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, in your research, there are like a lot of chickens in Key West. Is that a thing too? I think there's a lot of chicken like symbolism. I mean, I, I didn't see a lot of that. Like, I was seeing, see what the meaning might have been of yeah. that. So. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I just to the residents of Key West that I haven't yet offended. I think that there's right a, in. I think there's a bar or a restaurant called like the Blue Chicken or something. There, I think there is. Okay. I saw a couple names of bars. Yeah, but I don't. I think there's only one chicken one that I yeah. remember. Yeah, everything. I, every research I was trying to do on Key West was just like spring break bars. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize. So you'll see when we get to the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, the two stories I chose, I think, are kind of big doozy stories. But one mm. of them, I really didn't realize, was a Key West story. Okay. I mean, I'd, I'd heard... We'll get to it. Um, I won't give any spoilers. Mm. But it's a big... Like, for people who like the paranormal, it's a big story. Sure. And I, like, I always knew about it. Mm. I didn't really realize it was Key West. Interesting. So okay. once we get there, then once I realized that it was Key West, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. We're doing it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we do that, we're going to hear about the drink this week. Yeah, tell me what we're drinking. Okay. It's the Hurricane, which probably isn't the most <laughs> appropriate drink. Yeah, we've had some hurricanes uh, in recent years. Yeah, just, just like, a few. Uh, done some, knocked Key West around a little bit. Yeah. But this is absolutely something you would drink in Key West, like on top of oh, that. Oh, absolutely. So I don't feel yeah. too absolutely bad about it. I feel like people in Key West have a good enough sense of humor. Yeah. I would, about I would hope things. so. 
So, not actually from Key West or Florida. Oh. Apparently originated at the 1939 World's Fair in New York. Okay. Yeah, at the Hurricane Bar. So, there you go. There you go. Yep, the bartender, Charles Cantrell, apparently was one of the first people to do, like, rum rum and juice as a thing. Which you'd think, what took you so damn long? Yeah, like, come on, 1939 was the first time people were like, oh, well, we should mix this with juice. Well, it makes me wonder, having come out of the Depression, was juice a thing? Was the transportation of squeezed fruit... You know, a thing. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I, I don't actually know anything about the history of juice. But I don't either. Yeah, that's not wine. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I have no idea. You know, I mean, when did like juice concentrate become a like? I mean, surely people have like used lemons and limes and things. Sure. Before. But the thing, but, but, but those like, are acidic, so they'd have preservative properties. Right. Fresh juices wouldn't necessarily have those. That's true. Without refrigeration. Yeah, and then you get like juice concentrate in the fifties being right. like a big thing. Right. Um, was after you, freezing and after you, reduction yeah, technologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But anyway. Anywho, juice. I, rum. I, yeah, Charles Cantrell is credited with the whole rum plus juice phenomenon. Well done, you, Whatever. sir. I is Snoop Dogg credited with the gin and juice phenomenon? Then? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Faux shizzle. Oh, God, get out. <laughs> That's this week's episode. <laughs> and uh, this has been, no, yeah. I haven't even talked about ghosts yet. You can't kick me out just yet. Oh, fair enough. So, see, DeGroff did all the research for this and his book. Oh, so love that guy. So I didn't have to do any actual work this, this week. perfect. I just copied exactly what he wrote. Was, oh, this is I the easiest recipe in the world. That. I don't have to look at where it came from or nothing. Anyway, to make a hurricane. Yeah. You. This is, I liked this drink a lot because it, was a, incorporated every liquor, a, lot, a bunch of stuff that we've used before. Mm-hmm. So it's not one of those that you have to go out and buy specialty ingredients yeah. for. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> one ounce of dark rum, mm-hmm. one ounce of light rum. Light rum, we mean like li- like white or silver rum. Yeah. Not golden rum. It's, but then you did yours with gold rum. Yeah, but I want to try yours because yours is the real oh, thing okay. and see how it is. Is it any better? I don't know. Go ahead. Take okay. a sip. I don't know if you'll believe me, but they taste different. Okay, let me see. Mm-hmm. So we ran out of light rum, so I used golden rum in mine, figuring it might be like an average of the two. Oh, no, it does taste different. Yeah, but I like that more. Yeah, I like mine too. Yeah, so stick with the one ounce of dark rum, one ounce of light rum. Okay, a half ounce of Galliano. That's that herbal liqueur we introduced a that couple we, weeks like, ago. That we like sniffed and like had a whole conversation yes. about last time. Yeah. That neither of us liked. I like it better in this. Yes. Well, it's not as... Heavily featured, mm-hmm. I think, and the drink last week—that heavy cream—I'm telling you, it must have just I didn't work. Could not get through that drink. No, the, but this one I'm gonna finish. Yes, I can make you another if you like. <laughs> yes, with gold rum. With gold rum, three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, mm-hmm. two ounces of passion fruit nectar or syrup. Not the easiest thing to find. No. I would look at Latin or ethnic groceries for them. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to do that this week. I used pineapple syrup because what I had at home at the time, I think it still tastes pretty tastes, tasty. Tastes pretty good to me. Two ounces of fresh orange juice. I like buy oranges and juice them. Yeah, not it's like not the same. don't buy orange juice. Yeah. Exactly. Two ounces of pineapple juice. Now, I was able to find passion fruit juice. Okay. So I just swapped. Okay. Pineapple syrup, passion fruit oh, so juice. So you still get the passion fruit in there? And, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So... I think it worked. Yeah. 
But, you know, if you want to do it completely authentic, by all means, do find it. the passion fruit syrup. Yeah. Or nectar. Yeah. You, you'll find the nectar easier than the syrup. One ounce of simple syrup, you can probably cut that down to half an ounce. This is a pretty sweet it drink. It is pretty sweet. Like I used and rum already is like a right. Yeah. Like I used one and a half ounces of the pineapple syrup in mine just because I could. It just smelled sweet. So yeah. And yours has got the full. Mine's got the full. The I full mean, burst. it is sweet, but it's you know. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not, it, and it's something we talk about a lot on here. Yeah. Is that you use the like fresh juices and right. the you know by the store bought stuff. So it's mm-hmm. it is sweet, but it's not artificial. Right. It's like a real natural sweetness. Good. You'll need a dash of bitters, just a little bit. Like when you kind of shake the bottle once or twice, tops. It's not like a measurable amount. Yeah. And then fresh fruit for garnish, we used orange and lime because mm-hmm. I had to use those for the juices. It's yeah. Very, very easy. Get your Boston shaker, get your cocktail shaker, whatever you, you're using. Fill it with ice. Shake, throw all the ingredients in there, not in any particular order. Shake like hell. Pour into a glass that already has ice in it. Not too much ice, because this is a very this is a big drink. It's a big drink. These are big glasses. Yes. And like, yeah. There are hurricane glasses out there that are almost like fish bowls. Yeah. They're so big. We didn't have those. No. But I don't like those because I don't like a single purpose glass. Yeah. No, I like so these glasses. We use these big icy are glasses. Are these my glasses? These are your glasses. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they work very well. They do. Yeah. They do. I like them. Yeah. So drink, garnish. I'm going to have to get some of those paper umbrellas one of these days. Yeah. We yeah. should invest in that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're like a dollar at Party City right, for right. like 60 Right. Those little swords. <laughs> yeah. Little... Oh, the swords are cute. Yes. I like the swords. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of pirates. Damn, we already did the pirate drink. I mean, but I, this, I, like, I have pirates in my story. Spoiler, like, tease? I'm teasing. Okay. Like a good producer. Um, yeah, there's not anyone going, oh, damn it, and just turning no, it off No, I know there's pirates. God yeah. damn. Right. Um, there will be pirates coming up. A few. Not I like how I turned either. off the podcast with a remote. I, yeah, you did. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as dramatic to go, oh, nuts. Oh, yeah. He like he... he took out headphones. Yeah. Less. Yeah. This is somehow more angry. Yeah. This... <laughs> the, the remote control. You can control. press a button, like, very right. forcefully. Right. Um, I like the, the strength. throw the walker across the room. Mm-hmm. I like the strength. Thank it you. makes me happy. I'm glad. And I, it makes me think I'm in the islands, mm. which you know I like, because I like the tropics. It's a boat drink. Mm. Or just absolutely a boat drink. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I might so, bump it to an ounce of Galliano next time. Really? To, to add like a little more like... Just to, yeah, just to balance out the sweetness a little more with a little herby, almost a little bitterness. Yeah. I just don't know how I feel about that Galliano. On its own, sure. I've still got some feelings about it. I'm going to challenge myself to make like a co- more cocktails with it. With it, so that mm-hmm. we come to appreciate it in the end. Well, that's what I felt about Campari, because it's a similar herby liqueur. I, but see, I liked the Campari. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was more florally. Maybe. Maybe I like more floral things, because you know my favorite. Yeah, I do. The other flower. <laughs> It's the the camp party just let me drink more Negronis. That's all I've been doing with that. <laughs> I love me a Negroni. I I know I well I think you're gonna have to make one for me because finish that and I'll make you a Negroni tonight if you want. Okay, we'll see. I could finish this like in a I'm aware in a flash. You're welcome to. <laughs> also, I like that we're drinking out of steel straws. Yeah, 
Because we care about the environment. They were free on the internet. You could have just gone with it. I could have gone with it. But I love a, I love a bargain. I, I mean, that's true. Bargains are wonderful yeah. things. Loft was having a really good sale, and I bought three new pairs of pants. Oh, there you go. Love an after-holiday sale. <laughs> All right. Mm. On that note, on that should note. we talk about some ghosts? Yes, please. Why not? Okay. So, I th- this place that I'm doing first is Captain Tony's Saloon. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty well known, but I'm a really... <laughs> really big Jimmy Buffett fan. I think we've talked about this. I think we have. That I'm like a parrot head for life. I've loved him since I was a child. One of his songs is called Last Mango in Paris. I was going to ask if it's actually called Mango. It is. It's oh. called Last Mango in Paris. Okay. It's, it is a play off Last Tango I, I'm, Paris, I'm but, sure. Just... Um, but you, you should listen to the song. I think it's one of his, it's not one of his silly ones. Okay. But it features... I did think for some, for many years that he was just like a joke musician. No. I, I didn't think he did No, it. he actually... So, I don't want to go on a Jimmy Buffett tangent, mm. but I'm going to go on a Jimmy Buffett I tangent. I you would. So, Jimmy Buffett actually kind of started off as like a folk musician. And okay. he's a very, very good songwriter. Um, yeah. I don't think people appreciate that enough. And I'm going to be that person who's going to like stand in his corner... He writes some really beautiful songs. He has a song called He Went to Paris, which is one of my all-time favorite songs of Did his. he go there for the mango? No. Okay. <laughs> no, so the the last mango in Paris, the idea of that song is that Captain Tony, who owned the saloon, had done all of these amazing things in his life. So he mm-hmm. ate the last mango in Paris. He took the last boat out of Siam or something like that. Like right. He lists Saigon? all these. Saigon, that's the one. Yeah, Siam? What's that? That's from... That was what Thailand used to be called. Yeah, and I was then I was thinking of the king and I. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Considerably so... less dramatic for a last boat out of Siam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that nearly is horrifying. <laughs> so anyway, it just like lists all these things. So mm-hmm. it's a really good song. We can't play it on the podcast because we don't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. But very good song. I, I recommend or listening to it. And Yeah, we don't have any money at all. That's not a lie. No. <laughs> There's a line at the very end, though, that says, that's why we follow, that's why we wander and follow la vie dansant. And that's like one of my favorite, the dancing life. Anyway. The dancing life. Yeah. Anyway. Captain Tony's Saloon. So let's talk about it. Let's do it. So back when it was built in either 1851 or 18, 1852, it was used as an ice house. And because it was the only place cold enough, uh, it was also the morgue. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's cold. They had some ice. That's where they kept the bodies. Yeah. What? <laughs> it makes perfect sense. That's fantastic. Yeah. This place is weird and mm. I love it. So in 1865, a massive hurricane, there not the drink, See? an actual storm, uh, hit the island. Uh, it said that a 20 foot surge hit the building and washed away all of the bodies mm. uh, that were waiting to autopsy except for one. And the. Bahamian people who were living on the island at the time decided that they would bury that body under the building and then build a wall around it. And then they planted like or like buried bottles of holy water around it as well. They were not playing around. They were not playing around with this like one body that didn't wash away. Was this one body just like Dracula? Like, Maybe. Why was it Maybe so just... crucial? I don't know. I guess this one body. I guess because it was like the only body that like made it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why did this particular body? I mean, it's dead. It's not like they were lucky. 
Yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> but after that, the bar, the bar had a lot of different, like, businesses in it, had mm. a lot of different, like, people coming through. Mm. Um, during the Spanish-American War in the 1890s, it was used as a wireless telegraph station. Mm. Um, in the early 1900s, it was a cigar factory. And then during Prohibition, it was a bordello. Mm-hmm. And served a lot of bootlegged rum. Oh, nice. Yeah. I had a lot of uh, ladies of the night <laughs> working there. See, you already said bordello. I know. I don't you have to worry about. <laughs> Specifying that yeah, there yeah. were ladies of the night. Yeah. Um, there were some ladies of the night. In 1933, Josie Russell, who was a dude, he um, opened up this bar called Sloppy Joe's in the building. That's still, I've, okay, I've heard of that one. And that's so, still around, I believe. Let me get there. I'm okay. going to get there. Okay. Okay. So, and Sloppy Joe's was actually one of like Hemingway's favorite spots. He would hang out there all the time. Right. Now, in 1938, Russell got into a dispute with his landlord mm. over a $1 increase in the rent. <laughs> and so Russell... I mean, in those days. That yeah. That was not I mean, insignificant. No. And Russell was like, here's what we're going to do. With a bunch of his bar patrons, Hemingway included, by mm-hmm. the way. He was told that if he did not renew his his rent, everything in the building had to stay. Mm-hmm. All of the all of the like features, all of the furniture, all of it, it mm-hmm. had to stay in the building. All the fixtures. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I had them in my notes, but it's they weren't okay. coming to my brain. So Russell was like, we're going to he had already signed a lease for a new bar half a block away. So in the middle of the night, the bar patrons, like, moved everything out of the bar into this new bar, including all of the fixtures. This is a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. And <laughs> and stupid. And Hemingway was like, listen, I have spent so much money in this bar. I believe that I've spent enough money here that you owe me your toilet. Oh. So he, he took the toilet, um, the urinal, the men's urinal. Brought it to his house. It is still there today, and it's used as a feeding trough for the cats. Oh, nice! <laughs> and this is I'm what just... I this is what I love about Key West. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like there's just like a coolness about the, about Key West. Like I don't know. I love it. Like you see coolness, I see morons. Like, <laughs> like they're half a block away. The landlord had to walk all of thirty feet to be like, listen, this is my stuff. But like, it was already in the new building. So, so like. like... I don't know. It's still theft. Just because he put it in a new building. <laughs> oh, it's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But Sloppy Joe's does still stand today. Yes. I didn't know yeah. they had such an idiotic is, beginning. <laughs> yeah. It's now in the new location yeah. that they moved it to in the middle of the night. In 1940, the building was leased to Morgan Bird, who mm. opened a gay saloon okay. there. And apparently so much of the business came from sailors from the Navy that when the Navy prohibited anyone from going to the bar, it had to close Good because they grief. couldn't make enough money. That's so unfortunate. Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> yeah. Let them go to the bar. Come let on. Let them go to the bar. Let them, li- just let them live. Ooh. Jeez Louise. But Anthony Terracino a.k.a. Captain Tony, mm-hmm. bought the bar in 1858. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Buffett kind of goes into this, but Tony had a pretty interesting life. He's from Jersey. Um, his father was, like, very involved with the Jersey Mafia. <laughs> and eventually Tony got tangled into it, too. In 1947, he was badly beaten and left for dead mm-hmm. by the Mafia. 
Um, but he survived and <laughs> decided to move to Key West and become a charter boat captain. <laughs> and that's what he did. And then he bought a bar. <laughs> that That's one of those dramas on USA. Yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> like, you get the you get the shit kicked out of you by the mafia, and you're like, "Fuck it, I'm going to Key West, and I'm going to become a charter boat captain." Jeez. Fuck all of you. Oh my god, <laughs> so stupid. Everything with Key West. Is... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Is there a college in Key West? I don't it know. <laughs> no. <laughs> we love Key West. Um, please have us there, and I would totally go to Captain Tony's saloon any day. Are you looking up to see if there's a college there's there? There's a Key West Education Center. Okay. There's a, there is a high school. Well, yeah, I think there has to be. <laughs> this way. Um, do you want me to keep going? Or yes, you please. Okay. Then, then, then the conks. The conks? Mm-hmm. That's their mascot? Yes. Okay. The newspaper is called The Snapper. That tracks. Yeah. So now I'm going to talk about some uh, spooky things. Okay. If the ghosts are as stupid as the inhabitants, this is going to be a rip. <laughs> this is, it gets a little dark here. So the bar is known for its eclectic decor, including license plates, uh, women's bras. Yeah, they just leave their bras there. I wasn't worried about that. It was the women's bras. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should, like, I don't know why I specified women. You know what? Anyone can wear a bra. Whatever. It's fine. Sure. Whatever makes you happy. And if you don't want to wear a bra, that's fine too. Man or woman, just do you. Uh, That's essentially what we're saying here at Restless Spirits. And business cards. That's another um, part of the decor. But right in the middle of the bar Mm -hmm. is a large tree. (laughs) This thing is still growing in the middle of the bar. Why not? Uh, They built around it. And it's known as the hanging tree. Um, It's rumored to have been a site where 18 pirates were hanged. All at once or one at a time? One at a time. Okay. Yeah. So that's a very big tree. Yeah. But there's one exception to that story. There was a woman who was hanged on that tree. Mm-hmm. And get ready for it. What do you think this lady is? It's the lady in red, blue, white. She's in blue. Okay. It's Yeah. So it said that this woman <laughs> stabbed her husband and her two children to death. Okay. She was trying to bury the bodies. A neighbor came up to the house at that time, saw what she was doing, and she was wearing a blue dress covered in their blood. So it would have been purple. Maybe. And they... Yeah, they had blue blood. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. And they immediately dragged her to... She didn't get a trial or anything. They immediately dragged her to the hanging tree and hung her. Hanged oh. her. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's said that she still hangs around the bar. Mm-hmm. Patrons have said that they've seen her walk through the bar in her blue dress... Others have said that they've just seen a bluish blur out of the corner of their eyes. Um, and some patrons have claimed that they have caught photographic evidence. But I don't have anything like I did with Salem. Right. Mm-hmm. In the 1980s, um, they were doing renovations on the bar. And they found about a dozen bodies under the flooring. They could have been there from when, like, the morgue days. Right. Like, when the hurricane came. Mm-hmm. Like, there could have been some... They were just like right. swept under the building or something. Sure. But they also found a gravestone for a woman named Elvira. Oh, boy. Yeah. And that headstone is now just part of the decoration of the building. Like, it's mm-hmm. still there. Mm-hmm. There's another headstone there as well. This one has a little bit more of a colorful tale with it. Okay. It said that a man 
So the the headstone belongs to a woman named Reba. Okay. It said that she died and she was buried in another cemetery, but her husband found these hidden letters that indicated that she'd had an affair with another man. Oh, boy. And Captain Tony's was where they liked to meet up. So he dug up her head, her headstone and brought it to the bar and was like, if this is where you were so fucking happy, <laughs> this is where you'll stay. So That's her headstone great. is still there as well. That's so petty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also a story that when the um, bar was a bordello mm. back in the day, a woman brought her infant child with her into the bar to look for her husband Mm -hmm. when she found her husband drinking and cavorting in a moment of madness she went into the bathroom killed the baby what the baby do i don't know it seems an outsized reaction not great but that's what we got and then she actually wrapped the baby's body in a blanket and was able to slip out of the building with this like dead baby in her arms she was later caught okay so there's some unsavory history there. <laughs> um, so nice to know that the husband's fine in all this. It's the baby. Yeah, the baby to... gets killed. It's yeah. awful, right? Yeah. It's terrible. So the bar, Captain Tony, it said, was a believer in the ghosts. Mm-hmm. And he actually told the bar's next owner, Joe Faber, kind of all about them. Right. Um, and then he purchased the bar. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly when Captain Tony died. I can't remember. Joe Faber, I know, came to work. I think he worked at the bar and then kind of like Charlie just like inherited it okay. um, from Captain Tony. Mm. Yeah, that's all I got. I should have looked into this more, that's but right. I didn't. Um, but Joe, like like you, my dear friend, mm-hmm. considered himself a skeptic. Okay. But he said there are two instances at the bar that he can't explain. Okay. And he's not necessarily saying supernatural, but there are things that he can't, can't. explain. So here's the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, he said one night he was working on some paperwork and he heard a voice saying, hey, Joe. Mm-hmm. So he thought that maybe someone was in the bar calling him, had come in. He went downstairs and he found the bar empty, but said that the two doors that led out to the back lot were wide open. And he said it wasn't really possible because the back lot is completely fenced in and it had been closed and locked. So he wasn't sure. There was no one in the bar. Right. He thinks that the voice was alerting to him, like, hey, go lock the doors. Oh. So he went and locked the doors. Mm-hmm. Was it Tony's voice? It no, he didn't say it was Tony's voice. He just said a disembodied voice. Okay. And the second one is a little sadder. So a few years later, he said he hadn't really thought about it again, hadn't heard the voices. But as he was getting ready to leave, he heard a voice say, don't leave. And he was like... Well, the second time, the first time this happened, I had left doors unlocked. Right. So I'm going to go check things out. So he did another, like, second round through the bar, mm-hmm. made sure everything was locked up, everything was in working order, and he was like, okay, I've done my due diligence, right. I'm going to go it's home. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I listened to the weird, creepy voice. Right. <laughs> like, nothing happened. But later that night, he received a call from the police that a young woman had committed suicide right in front of the bar. Mm. The girl had apparently called her mother and told her she was in front of the yellow building on Green Street and that she was going to take a bottle of pills. Um, And so her mom called the police, but they didn't get there in time. Uh. And Joe said if he had just listened to the voice, he might have been able to prevent that from happening. Whether he could or not, you never know. But he did say that that was 
Two things he couldn't explain. Gotcha. And that's what I have on Captain Tony's. Kind of a, a light, <laughs> a smattering of ghosts. Mostly yeah, just like suicide. creepy stuff. Yeah. Oh, light. I, okay, yeah. you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was... Funny. It was ill-timed. It was that's funny. not what it I was. meant. But for most of the <laughs> stories are like pretty lighthearted. <laughs> I just, I guess I meant go in terms of ghosts. There's no one like. I totally got your tone. It was just, <laughs> you know, suicide, light, yeah. airy. No, not at all. I would never make light of that. Okay. It was good that we had some laughs because I'm about to tell you, I think, what is like the creepiest <coughs> story I've told. Okay. On this podcast. This is the fourth time you said that sentence. What? That the whatever story it was upcoming is the creepiest story told. Oh, so I have said it a lot. But I think okay. this is actually that's true. Okay. This okay. is a big one. This is a big in the paranormal world um, of things that people, you know, like things you like with with right. people who like paranormal stuff. There are a couple of big stories like Amityville. Mm. This is one of them. I'm going to talk about Robert the Doll. Okay. Okay. First of all, I want you to look up Robert the Doll. Okay. He's looking it up. I am. By the way. I am. I'm checking my phone for something entirely different. Robert the Doll. And the third hit is Robert the Doll Key West. Yeah. Allegedly I just want you to just look at his picture because he's creepy as fuck. Sure. I really shouldn't insult him, though. We're going to talk about him. Is he going to come after you now? He might, actually. So... The tale of Robert the Doll starts in the early 1900s when a little boy by the name of Robert Eugene Otto, often referred to as Gene, he was called Gene by his friends and family, received a three-foot doll dressed in the little sailor outfit that you just saw. He's a big, big doll. Mm -hmm. How old was Gene? Gene uh, was young, like uh, around about 10. Okay. It's a little old for a doll. Was, it was a, I'm going to get into the origins of, of Robert the I'm Doll. just being difficult. All right. So the Otto family lived in Key West and what, uh, in a house that would later become known as the artist's house because Robert Eugene Otto is kind of this like eccentric artist figure. Okay. This was his house when he was growing up. And it was his house when he was older too. Okay. And he got Robert the Doll and just like had a very close relationship with this doll immediately. Okay. I think a lot of people would have referred to it as unhealthy. It was kind of weird. Okay. Um, but it wasn't always like sunshine and roses for mm. these two. Shortly after Gene received the doll, when he was about 10, his parents reported hearing screaming coming from Gene's room. They could hear him crying for help. When his mom went to go open the door, it was locked. She couldn't get inside. Um, after... A couple of minutes of just like banging on the door and finally was able to get it open. Robert the doll was sitting at the foot of the bed. Gene mm-hmm. was like curled up around his pillows, screaming, crying still. The room was in like a total shambles. And all Gene could say is Robert did it. Okay. And this would become sort of like the thing that he would say mm-hmm. for a lot of different things. Um, and his parents reported a lot of like. Pretty strange activity. Okay. I'll tell you some of it. So over the next over the next few years, um, they reported hearing Gene talk to the doll, and they would hear another voice, a different voice mm-hmm. from their son's voice, respond. You think someone would just talk to the doll? 
Where, I'm just going to keep telling this story because okay, so I sorry. don't disagree with you. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, they reported to hear strange giggling throughout the house mm-hmm. and actually reported that they saw Robert running up the stairs and staring out of windows and put in places that he had not been left See, by his... That, that, that is a problem. Parents. It's, it's a problem. She's all running up the stairs. Get rid of the fucking doll. Yeah, you, make an, you make an executive decision. You put some salt on that doll mm-hmm. and then you burn that motherfucker. The doll's gotta go. Scary. So. Just unnecessary at that point. Yeah. They also said that the doll's expressions would change every time that they looked at the doll. Yeah, see? I don't want any of that shit. I, why would you keep such a thing? Well, Jean was very attached to the doll. The hell with Jean at this point. <laughs> There's a running doll up the stairs. It's going. Either yeah. it goes or Jean If your goes. son had a doll that was running around your yeah. house, you would freak out. I would pitch it immediately. You'd be like, hold on, let me call Taylor, figure out the proper way to dispose of a haunted right. doll. Well, eventually Jean's parents died. He moved back into the house with his wife, Anne. Mm-hmm. This is Jean. Jean moved back into the house mm-hmm. with Anne. With but Robert was still there. Again, why did they keep Robert around? Well, Anne felt very uneasy yeah. around Robert. She was not a fan. And she decided that he would remain locked in the attic. Where he's he, the only one with sense. Well, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jean... Uh, Jean was like, okay, fine, he agreed. Mm-hmm. Robert, not so happy with the situation. Not so happy with his new digs. Mm-hmm. People said initially they could just hear pacing and footsteps from the attic. Um, like angry pacing from side to side. Right. Visitors also th- her- reported hearing that strange giggling <sighs> throughout the house. And people passing by the house, mm-hmm. particularly neighborhood children, mm-hmm. said that they would see Robert the doll mm-hmm. staring out the upstairs bedroom at them. And sometimes he would like mock them as they walked by and they were very scared. Yeah. And Jean was like, but I don't understand because he's locked in the attic. So Jean, every <sighs> time, every time Jean heard that, he would run to the upstairs bedroom. Lo and behold, there would be Robert the doll. Sitting in the rocking chair by the window. So clearly not in the attic. Not in the attic where he was locked. Where the attic was still locked. So dumb. I hate the stall. It's so dumb. I shouldn't say that. So like there's... I'm going to keep going. All right. In 1974, Gene died. Mm -hmm. And a new family moved into the artist's house. Did Robert kill Gene? I don't know. Genuinely don't know. We don't know what Robert's about. Great. So the new owner um, and their 10-year-old daughter, Mm -hmm. very excited to find the doll locked in the attic. (coughs) Excuse me. A new play thing Mm -hmm. for for the daughter. Right. Very exciting to have a toy just like that you inherit from an old house. I'm going to check the next place we move to. Yeah, please do. Are there any toys in there? (laughs) You throw them away. They're going. All right. So... Very quickly, the little girl was, like, very scared of Robert the doll. And she told her parents that Robert was alive and would move around her bedroom at night. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the utter incompetence of all adults in this. Yeah. It's all the adults, really. The kids are like, "Uh, well, Jean wanted to keep the doll. Right. 
Uh, Gene liked having his doll around. Yeah, just because Gene's an idiot doesn't mean yeah. the rest of Key West should have to suffer. This is true. Yeah. So Robert remained in the house until it passed, and it passed through like several different owners. Wasn't it until 1994 that Robert mm-hmm. the doll was relocated to the East Martello Museum? Where he still sits um, inside of a glass case. He's not moving in that glass case? Oh, well, let me tell you. Oh, there we are. There there's more. There there's more is. to the story. There it is. Uh, there, might be not, there might not be more to my notes because I didn't finish them. But okay. I, it, I have it locked in my brain. So Robert does, in fact, still move around in his glass case. Um, it's said that his expressions change. He has with him a stuffed animal of some sort mm-hmm. um, that will move from side to side to different sides of the mm-hmm. glass case. It's said that Robert is known to tap on the glass um, and press his face up against the glass case. Now, here's the here's the big thing about Robert the dog. Okay. Is that he doesn't really like having visitors and he really doesn't like it. If a visitor takes his picture without asking. Okay. Now, it's said that if you ask Robert the doll Mm. to take a picture, if he agrees, he'll incline his head. You can take the picture. But if you ask and he doesn't give permission and you take it anyway, you are cursed. Okay. What is the curse? Bad things will happen to you. I think Mm. there was one story, and I don't have this on Mm. record, so I can't say for sure. Right. To, to clarify that for the skeptic, sure. Um, I think that someone took a picture and, like, as they were driving home from the museum, got into a massive car accident. Gotcha. Now, the museum says that they are flooded daily <laughs> with letters and emails mm. apologizing for taking a picture of Robert the doll, apologizing to Robert... To please lift the curse because they did not mean to take his picture without his permission. And they would very much like all of their misfortune to end. I'm looking to see if Robert the Doll has a Twitter account. (laughs) Of course he does. (laughs) Yep. This is a thing. Of course. I was hoping to see if people would like tweet him. Please forgive me. Have they? Yeah. 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 Because people don't want to be cursed Mm -hmm. by Robert the Doll. Mm Mm-hmm. I could go super in depth into Robert the Doll. I'm going to talk a little bit about Robert the Doll's, um, like, origin. Okay. Because there's some, you know how we talk about white people nonsense? Right. I have some white people nonsense. Right. So the story that some people tell is that Robert the Doll was a, like, oversized voodoo doll that was given to Jean by... A, a servant who worked at the house mm-hmm. who was from the Bahamas wanted to curse the family. Right. That's not the, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert the doll was a gift from Jean's grandfather who had stopped in Germany. Now the outfit that, that um, Robert the doll is wearing was not originally on the doll. It was one of, uh, it was one of Jean's, outfits from when he was a child that's creepy that they dressed the doll in yeah so 
this whole voodoo nonsense right. is just that. It's not it's not a giant voodoo doll. It's not that. Right. So I wanted to clear that up because I think a lot of people tell that part of the story. And sure. then like, but it was a gift from Jean's grandfather who had stopped and picked it up. Actually at the same Oh, wait, what did I read? It was like the same toy store in Germany that made some other famous toy. I can't remember what now. It, okay, I don't know. It doesn't matter, but it was a, it was a German toy right. store. His grandfather Pinocchio picked it up. Came from. She has yeah, something yeah. like that. Pinocchio was Italian, though. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. With a name like Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Robert the Doll. I probably will. It's, I think I've also heard that people like, if you talk smack about Robert the Doll, or if you talk too much about Robert the Doll, you can get headaches oh. and your vision can blur and that he can sense it, I guess. Let's just also just put out there, these are symptoms of having strong alcoholic drinks as <laughs> Yeah, well. no. So I'm... let's not get in the ideas of, oh boy, we're <laughs> no. hammered. Let's not... It's Robert the Doll's fault. No, I I just think that dolls are inherently creepy. They are. And haunted dolls that giggle and run about your house. So I should say also that many people think that Robert the Doll was the um in the like inspiration for Chucky. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. I'm just the parents. Come on now. Come yeah, on it's really it's really the parents' mm-hmm. fault. Like stop. If if your child tells you, I, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You're a skeptic, right? Right. If your son came to you and said, Daddy, my doll's alive. Whether you believe it or not, you get rid of the fucking doll. Yeah, yeah the doll goes. <laughs> yeah. And I don't necessarily believe the doll's alive. But I just, why would you want that stress? Yeah. <laughs> just generally, why would I want that stress in my life? Get out of here. I'll buy you a race car, kid. Shut yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's Robert Enough. the Doll. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty famous uh, figure. I saw when you had me look it up, I saw a thing where he was like on the Travel Channel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's been to like um, different conventions. Zach Bagans, who we've talked about yes, extensively, has a museum in Las Vegas. And um, Robert, the, Robert the Doll was brought there for an exhibition. Um, people could come and see him. He is every, I think like once a year, they take him out of the glass case and weigh him. To make sure that the humidity it hasn't affected him. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now they're concerned. I know. Now they're concerned. And they rotate him once a year, every October. I guess to make sure that the light isn't fading just uh, one part. yeah. Would be my guess. Yeah. I think it's a preservation thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, not... Doesn't help that they do it in spooky month. No. No. <laughs> I'm sure they don't tell anyone before they do it. So it's just, oh, he must have moved. Well. I. You know, I don't know. I'm creeped out by dolls. So if you tell me a doll is haunted, yeah. I'm going to be like, you know what? Maybe it is. I think the idea might be that he's some kind of demonic right. force inside of a doll. I don't know. I don't think I believe that dolls are haunted. But I think they hit some sort of uncanny valley thing in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So they just make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Inherently. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. But Robert the doll, super creepy. Uh, and that's Key West. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. <coughs> That's a pretty good story. That was a pretty good story. Yeah. 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 I much prefer the tomfoolery of Tony's. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same actually. Yeah. I'd love to go and like see the actual like tree. 
Sure. I think it's cool that there's like a tree in the middle of a bar. Sure. I, mean, I know it's That's a hanging tree, but I still think it's cool. It's so interesting. Yeah. 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 All right. Key West. Key West. We that was fun. Offended everyone in Key West. Sorry, Key West. We love you. I, I mean, really want to go. In fairness to Taylor, it was mostly me. So <laughs> yeah. don't take out my anger on her. <laughs> anyway, that's this week's episode. Intro and outro music is New Wave by Billy Neptune. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast Restless. Uh, we have a website now. We have a website. That's up and live. The link to our website is in our social media bios. Yes. So just find that and go there. It's a long URL. and Yeah, it's long. Yes. <laughs> we also have a Facebook page. We do. Yes. Check us out there. Uh, we're It's Restless Spirits Podcast. It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, give us a shout if you have new ideas for the show, any new locations, drink requests, recommendations, whatever you got. We'd love to hear it. Also, your stories. Yes, please. I, I Again... Every week, I've said I want 70,000 ghost stories yep. from you lot. So send them in. Yep. And we're only at, what, 64? So we're not there we're yet. Zero. Oh. Send them to us. <laughs> I want them. Or she'll sick Robert the doll on you. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I have that kind of power. Yeah. Anyway, what's our email address, Ben? Podcast at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in next week um, and keep your eye out on our social media for any hints and clues about what locale we'll be investigating next. Thank you for listening. Please, 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 please subscribe and review. We love you guys. We want to keep, we want to hear what we can do better. We want to hear what you like, what you don't like. Send us your stories. I think that's all I got. So keep, keep it, it spooky. spooky. And don't have dolls. Nope.